0: Hello listeners, Darwin here. Before we start, I need to tell you something. Please be aware that today's story actually concerns a real person.
1: But we always talk about real people. We even did it in the last episode.
0: Yes, but... We usually talk about historical figures who are long gone. Today's story is very different, very recent. The person we're talking about today is probably still with us, and if you're listening, I hope you're doing well. I do not know how you personally feel about this story after the fact, whether you regret sharing it with the world or not, but rest assured, some of us really appreciate it. Your story has mesmerized me since childhood. It is so unique and bizarre and really obscure, not much info on the internet. Thankfully, as a kid I collected a lot of alien books that seemed to copy and paste this over and over again. But if you are listening, I'll try to do my research. And as my main source, just use the magazine where your experience was originally published. So, listeners, you already know the format of my show. How I like to do comedy segments. Please note that my comedy skits, like the one you're about to hear, have nothing to do with this person or their experience. I'm just taking the opportunity to joke around with dreams and hypnosis and alien abduction. Relating to my character and my show's overarching plot. Not this real person and not their experience. So, when I talk about it, I will try to portray their story as Respectfully as I can, but the stories relating to me are gonna be disrespectful as fuck. But only towards myself. So enjoy the show. And please don't sue me.
2: Darwin? Yes. Darwin, what you doing? Uh, Just give me a moment. Why are you getting naked? Well, alien abductions usually involve them touching human peepees and booty holes. No, Darwin, we not like that. Yes.
0: So, uh, you're not gonna touch my pee-pee? No, we never do that. Yes! But, uh, I... I want you to touch my pee-pee. Darwin,
2: you crazy. Yes! Why won't you touch my pee-pee? Ugh, oh, disgusting.
3: Yeah. Nobody wants to touch my pee-pee!
0: <coughs>
3: uh. Darwin, what's happening?
0: I... I think I might have been abducted by aliens.
3: You have? in episode
0: 15. Oh, yeah, I had a nightmare.
3: I know, I saw everything.
4: Forget everything you saw, I never speak a word of this.
3: Darwin, I, I need to tell you something. What? I, I think I don't feel like you anymore. I think I want to try to be me. Oh,
4: well, just try to sleep it off.
0: doing. I'm finally throwing away my scientific ego! Finally satisfying my inner child! Making my show not just about biology but general weird shit! Paranormal shit even! But Darwin, we already covered paranormal topics in the prior episodes. Yeah, but they were mostly from the skeptical perspective. Why not give the other side a chance? You know, as a kid, I really believed in alien abduction, was really interested in the concept. And every night before bed, I kind of feared that day would come when they would just take me away. But secretly, I was kind of expecting it so I could squish some alien titty. More on that later. So now, I finally decided, hey, let me satisfy my infantile curiosity and desires by going back to these topics which fueled my pubescence imagination. So I went to my mom's and got a book. A book which is almost torn apart because it was one of my most favorites. One I sifted through a lot because there was not much info on the internet back then. One that is very nostalgic to me. Yet I forgot everything. So I just wanted to regress back to my childhood a bit and use this book as a starting point for today's episodes. The book is titled The Field Guide to Extraterrestrials. A complete overview of alien life forms based on actual accounts and sightings. By Patrick Hu... Hugh. Hi? Ah, fuck it. And it's from 1996. Yeah, but I obtained it much later in a thrift store. My dad used to take me to these stores because I loved books. And they sell cheap books. My parents were cheap asses. But nevertheless, these stores were packed with paranormal books because nobody wants them. Except my stupid childish self. So I bought a lot of them, for like a few bucks a piece. But why was this book so important? Because even as a kid I was an edgy hipster. I joined these ufology communities and forums on the internet, and all they talk about were the huge, most famous cases, Betty and Barney Hill, the Allagash Abduction, Whitley Striper, or the most famous Travis Walton. And I'm like, why? Well, because they actually believe this shit and stick with the most well-documented cases, because... Because they're most likely the real ones, and- I just wanna have fun. But you know what all those cases have in common? The fucking greys.
4: Though the Allagash entities were kinda
0: insectoid. And listeners, if you have no fucking idea what I'm even talking about- I don't care. I'm not gonna provide you introduction to over a decade of useless knowledge i gained on these stupid topics. Go read a book! That you can find for two bucks. About
1: total bullshits. Darwin. These people have gone through very traumatic experiences, and their trauma is already constantly disregarded and mocked by society and the media. Eva,
0: you're actually right this time. Why is it not okay to make fun of people who are victims of other types of emotional and psychological trauma, yet it is perfectly acceptable to openly ridicule, victim blame, and mock those who claim alien abduction? Maybe because? It's all bullshit. Hey, maybe it is, but... You know how people with mental illness constantly endure subjective emotional distress? Like schizophrenia causing delusions and hallucinations, which can actually traumatize them and ruin their quality of life. And it's not okay to make fun of them. But when somebody's objective emotional trauma involves, say... Aliens And still ruins their life.
4: It's perfectly fine to make them the loving stock of the whole world.
3: (laughs) So you're saying alien abductees have a mental
0: disorder? No, dude, I'm saying we are all hypocrites. We dance around hot trending topics which are popular enough to gain us political favor. And in a way, that's a good thing. Slowly integrating these people into normal members of society, which they actually are. But when somebody's traumatic experiences are way out there, Regardless of how deeply it affects their lives We disregard them Push them to the margins of the society And ridicule them Cause that's political correctness Which, if you haven't noticed Is very fucking political Ah, Darwin, are you just gonna rant this whole episode? Hey, at least I don't do it every episode Unlike some people who base their whole shows on just
2: Ranting
0: Wink wink But I had to say it, okay?
3: But, Darwin, what's the deal with the book?
0: Uh, okay, so you know how the popular image of an alien is basically a gray. A slim humanoid gray entity with a large head, a tiny slit mouth, and giant black eyes. Well, these are not the only audience people have reported seeing. I love this book because it is packed full of one off reports of bizarre aliens of various different body shapes that were only seen once and ever again. Because they're bullshit. But it is interesting, apart from the grays, people have reported encountering. Reptilians, or beautiful Nordic humans, or even giant mantises, bigfoot elves, fairies, multi-limbed ghostly apparitions, disembodied brains, trash cans, and yes... Even atmospheric
5: jellyfish. Hey, I'm no alien. Ha,
0: the app I used to voice you would say otherwise. So the unpronounceable author of this book compiled a lot of these weird reports and tried to categorize these reported entities into groups based on their body morphology. You know, just like we do with all living beings which exist. And which are not bullshit. Hey, come on, Al. Bullshit or not, these... Things were reported, documented, and studied by ufologists. So they at least exist now in our social consciousness, just like all art or fiction. So this author made his own classification system based on four classes, and each class is divided into types, and each type is divided into variants. And being a biology major, I realize this classification system is very... pseudoscientific and childish. But what else do you expect when real scientists don't want anything to do with this? There actually was a real scientist, the psychiatrist John E. Mack, who believed alien abduction actually was of great scientific value. This guy was the head of the Department of Psychiatry at Harvard Medical School and spent a giant chunk of his career researching the science behind alien abduction. And he received a lot of backlash from the university itself who wanted to bring him down for wasting their time and resources on the study of alien nonsense. Even though it was amazing work. And I highly encourage you to seek out his books because I'm personally planning on reading them as well. So on to the classification! The first and most common class of aliens is Humanoid. All aliens which have a basic humanoid body plan, and this class contains five types. So the first is human, aliens that look just like us. But also short greys, short non-greys which are like dwarves and shit, then giants, and finally non-classic, which the author defines as a catch-all for all remaining humanoids, which include- a solid black form, a
2: mummy-like being, and an entity with no hands.
0: How would it touch your pee? Okay, so the second class is animalian or animalian. Animal-like aliens. But sometimes anthropomorphic, so these are the ones that furries probably dream about. They include five types which are hairy mammalian. AKA Bigfoot. Reptilian. AKA the 1%. But also amphibian, insectoid, and avian which are bird-like. Okay, so the third class is robotic, and it has two types. Metallic, cause robots and 50s cheesy sci-fi movies. And the second type is fleshy, if they're cyborg thingies. Though there are a lot of theories that the greys themselves, you know, the ones we love so much, are actually artificial manufactured life forms. Cause why would you travel the dangerous galaxy yourself when you can send organic robots to do it for you? And finally, the final class, exotic. exotic which also has two types, the first being apparitional, which are ghost-like entities, or those that seem like parts of another dimension, and the second type, physical, which look more material, but are blobby, amorphous things like brains or jelly, so they can't be part of any other class. So yeah, there's a shit ton of different aliens which have been reported worldwide! Not just the greys! So why are the greys so important? Well, maybe because they're Americans. Um
3: are they aliens?
0: No, they're Americans! And isn't it delightful that even when a sentient intelligent being is apparently from another planet, the Americans still define it by the color of its skin. <coughs> But yeah, the Greys are so well-known in pop culture because they are the most often-reported entities. You know why? Because they are reported by Americans. And because Americans document and publicize everything. The rest of the world reports aliens as well. But not the apathetic, emotionless Greys of America. No! South Americans tend to report small, hairy, dwarf-like things which are violent and aggressive. While the British tend to report beautiful, blue-eyed humans who are very friendly. Or fairy-like things and in other parts of Europe, even elves or giants. So, based on all of this, it would seem to us that these different alien races prefer to invade different countries. Or, maybe all of these entities are actually not from outer space, but rather from the inner space. Maybe all of these beings, all of these various different types of entities, are actually psychological, sociological, and cultural manifestations. Because whatever they may be, either just hallucinations or actual interdimensional entities, It is quite obvious to us that the shape they manifest into is greatly influenced by the psychological and cultural framework of the observer. Yes, listeners, I believe that all paranormal phenomena, not just aliens, is actually a mirror to our subconsciousness. And that there is a lot of potential scientific value in studying paranormal shit, even if it is all a lie. Or hallucination. Because the paranormal paints us a picture of the social consciousness in a specific culture, in a specific period of history. Now, you know how I said earlier that as a pubescent I secretly wanted to be abducted by aliens? It's because the whole thing is... kinda erotic. Think about it. Otherworldly beings traveling throughout the galaxy just so they may come to you personally and take you away from the safety and mundaneness of your home and your parents and your spouse. And strip you naked and touch your
2: body with their long, gentle fingers.
4: And for some people, really do nasty shit to their body.
0: Alien abduction experiences are often sexual fantasies. They are wet dreams. Depending on the person, sometimes they are secretly erotic a guilty pleasure. Other times they are abusive and traumatizing if the individual already has a strong subconscious fear of just that. These experiences, to my understanding, often seem to be a psychological coping mechanism for either repressed sexuality or an underlying phobia of sexual abuse or of abuse that actually occurred but is being repressed by the individual. And these people can utilize the alien abduction scenario to safely express these feelings. If we just stop being assholes to them because of it. And this has been going on and on throughout history, just not always in the form of aliens. We already know that in antiquity, mostly in pagan polytheistic cultures, we had stories of gods descending from the heavens and oftentimes non-consensually impregnating human women who would go on to give birth to demigods, hybrids, or even stories of water nymphs or sirens using sexuality to lure horny men to their demise. Then later in the Middle Ages, there were stories of
4: fairies paralyzing young women and taking them away from home into the forest where they would all get naked and... just dance and have fun. Or stories of
2: demonic incubi and succubi sexually assaulting people in their sleep. Or Satan
3: himself luring women into orgies so they could become witches.
0: Later on, ghosts, poltergeists sexually assaulting inhabitants of a haunted house. Sleep paralysis victims being tormented by old hags, shadow people, and interdimensional entities. All fantasies of being assaulted by otherworldly entities from within the confines and safety of your own home. Then more recently, we started clinging to the narrative of aliens abducting people, touching their bodies, probing their orifices, and sometimes creating hybrid children.
4: Antiquity all over again.
1: Darwin, stop. This all stems from a genuine underlying fear of sexual trauma. People cope with trauma and emotional issues in various different ways. What
0: I'm getting at is that we have been using the paranormal to openly express our hidden sexuality throughout all of history. There are visible patterns of this behavior, but the form of the paranormal manifestation changes throughout time, depending on the mentality, culture, art, spirituality, and individual psychological framework at the time. And this is not just limited to sexuality, all aspects of our psyche are expressed via the paranormal. Listeners, I believe the paranormal is actually a manifestation of our subconsciousness, that all paranormal occurrences are the same thing, originate from the same source, but manifest into various different forms as this source interacts with the observer's mind. This source may be internal within ourselves, hallucinations, dreams,
4: or a part of our psyche which we have been trying to suppress for centuries.
0: Or it may actually be external, extra dimensional entities, which require a specific emotional reaction from us in order to materialize into our plane of existence. But only into the manifestation the observer is prone to believing in. Or our mind just interprets them based on our personal preferences. So say a person with an alien obsession will see this being as an alien or a UFO. But a cryptid enthusiast might see it as Bigfoot. And you know, UFOs and Bigfoot are constantly reported at the same place at the same time. By different people with different psychological frameworks and different preferences.
3: So what do you believe
0: in? I am gonna lose all my credibility, ain't I? Well, I personally believe that the cosmos, nature if you will, has a built-in fail safe Something I tend to call the Cosmic Joker. And this force or factor or whatever exists only to keep us in line. Because we have evolved ourselves outside of the confines of nature which birthed us. And are constantly trying to isolate ourselves from her laws. So nature plays tricks on us. Fucks with our minds a bit. Just so she may remind us that we are her
2: bitch. And that we may be swallowed by her shadow at any given moment.
0: And you know how we react to this existential horror. By disregarding it and treating it all as a joke. If all else fails, humor, our most basic coping mechanism. This cosmic joker I believe in is not a sentient, intelligent being. But we attribute a trickster personality to it because it is more acceptable to us that something out there wants to just play pranks on us than it is to accept the harsh reality of our puniness and insignificance. And maybe this cosmic joker is not an ex- external natural force, but rather, a natural component of our own mind's framework. We were all created by nature, so nature implanted a psychological mechanism into our brains to sabotage any attempts of progression outside of her boundaries. Or maybe this psychological mechanism is actually there because our mushy brains can only know so much about nature and its mysteries. So when we are exposed to something we just cannot fathom, we rationalize it. Either as some sciency shit or spiritual shit or as paranormal shit even. Depending on which side of the bullshit spectrum you subscribe to. So we may just go on with our lives and contribute to the redistribution of matter and flow of energy. Continue examining, Existing as the building blocks of nature itself. Because that's all we are, regardless of how you try to rationalize it. You are just a ...fucking molecule of reality. But
3: Darwin, you really were abducted by aliens.
0: Was I? Maybe it was all just my subjective rationalization of the whole thing. And those dreams I've been having just don't match up with my memories of Episode 15. Maybe I
5: can help you out.
0: Oh really? Yes,
5: I can treat you to some regressive hypnosis.
0: So you want to fuck with my brain again?
5: It is very therapeutic.
0: All
5: alien abductees do it.
0: <sighs> well, I guess anal probing just doesn't cut it. And you can't call yourself a true alien abductee until you let strangers poke around your brain as well. <sighs> but I want to know what happens. Okay, Squishy. But if you try any funny business, I'm gonna be very angry and... Probably not do anything about it. Very well, then. Roll the
4: commercial! A.K.A. Shameless Plug.
0: Listener, ever experience a dream you just feel is so familiar, yet cannot explain?
5: Or have fallen victim to missing time?
0: ...or are going through a pregnancy that you cannot fully justify to your spouse... ...or your parents... ...well, no worries, dear listener... ...the
5: house of the atmospheric cilantro will fill in the gaps for you... ...we
0: have perfected our patented brand's new... ...speculative hypnotic alibi methods known as the sham method of regressive therapy.
5: need to explain to your spouse why you have returned home at 3 a.m.
0: Or explain to your boss why you have been absent from work for a whole week.
5: Or tell your insurance company why your car is busted.
0: Or just clarify to your mom why all your pajamas are covered in a sticky white substance. We
4: will
5: remember the truth for
4: you.
0: And expose it in front of the parties which need to know this truth. We all have an alibi. We sometimes just can't remember it.
5: The truth is out there,
0: hidden in the dark corners of your subconsciousness,
5: alien abduction,
0: past life experiences,
5: interdimensional travel, or maybe satanic ritual abuse, we can help you remember it. Oh.
0: Uh, based on which package you choose to pay for, but yet... So remember... It is not a blatant lie. If you
4: believe it actually
5: happens...
4: And you're left traumatized by it. Approved by the Cilantro Office of Neurology.
5: Relax, Darwin. Calm your breathing. Imagine you are on a beach. I hate beaches. Um, imagine you are crying in the corner of your room. Ah, peace and tranquility. Yes, Darwin. Who do you see? My
0: Parents
5: yelling at me. no Darwin not your childhoods the UFO
0: oh um I see them in their tracksuits they're squatting over me what are they
5: doing Darwin Darwin what are you doing yes
0: I
4: need you to touch my peepee, Darwin,
5: you crazy. Yes.
4: Yeah. They are doing horrible things. What
5: are they doing, Darwin?
2: They are refusing to touch me.
5: Disgusting.
2: Yes. Yeah. Why the fuck won't you to touch my pee Darwin, remember, profanity repels listeners. Yes. Yeah.
5: They are right, Darwin.
2: You need listens, Grishy. Yes. Yeah. What? Squishy, best sponsor ever, he treat you well. The pamphlets. He give you many pamphlets, he best friends, Darwin and... Yeah, Squishy. Squishy!
5: Do not attempt to suppress your true memories, Darwin.
0: Squishy, I'm stopping it here. This is total bullshit. Of course it is. It's
5: regression therapy.
4: Sounds more like repression therapy to me.
0: Okay, so I think it is about time we cover one of these weird one-off cases from this book. So listeners, how this book is structured is when you open it, the left page has a description of the case, and the right page has an illustration of the entity which was encountered. So let's just randomly open the book and cover whatever we stumble upon. (laughs) Okay, so here goes! Ugh... Oh, the irony. It's a fucking graze. So, we're doing the graze? No, I'm calling Mulligan. Okay, let's see. Ah, uh, what is that thing? Ugh, oh, man. It's Braxy. Um, what's
3: a Braxy?
0: You know, the Flatwoods Monster. It's a huge, well-documented case. I'm not gonna do that. Plus, it was just a barn owl. Okay, we're doing it again. Third time's the charm. Ugh. What the fuck are these things? There's
5: three of them now.
0: They look like a suitcase with two other blocky things. Ugh, might as well. Okay, listeners, so we're gonna be talking about the wonderful story of... What are known in the ufology community as... The Prospect Monoliths. Um, it doesn't say that anywhere in the book. I know, I've been familiar with the case for over two decades now. Information on it is very scarce. They're usually called the slab aliens in UFOlogy books, but online, somebody named them the Prospect Monoliths. Which sounds much cooler. So, listeners, I really don't want to plagiarize this book, even though all UFOlogy books plagiarize the original magazine article which featured this story. So, since this book has like case details for each encounter I'm just gonna read the case details as is and the story I will tell it in my own very respectful way. So on to the case details and this is relating to the alien entities. Class. Robotic. Type. Metallic. Cause. Cause they look like giant metal slabs. Variant. Slabs. See Distinguishing characteristic, one jointed arm. I'll explain it later. Descriptive incident, date, January 27th, 1977. And note, this is actually a discrepancy because some sources state it was January 26th, but since this occurred at like 1 a.m., people mess it up, so... Location, Prospect, Kentucky.
3: So, we're doing an American alien?
0: Yeah, I guess we are. So much for my attempts at multiculturality. But at least we're not talking about the grays, but rather metallic monolith slabs.
4: I bet those haven't been appearing in America for a while.
0: And as you'll see, they were of different skin colors. Witness, Lee Parrish. And another discrepancy here, because when you look at ufology books, there's like a 50-50 chance this guy's last name is spelled either with one or two R's which would lead me to believe maybe it was a pseudonym because the name is so generic if you try to google search this case you will not find much about it other than the sources which will be in my episode description. So, on to the story. According to this book, it says that Lee, a 19-year-old, was driving home in his Jeep at 1.05am, returning from a friend's house, when suddenly he saw a rectangular fire-colored UFO appear over the treetops, and reported the UFO being 10 feet high and 40 feet wide. The Jeep's radio suddenly failed as the UFO hovered directly above it. And then the UFO just sped off. So Lee returned home only to realize that his 7 minute drive home actually lasted 35 minutes. But he could not explain the missing time. And apart from coming home late, his mom also realized that his eyes were red and bloodshot. Yeah. So they went to a local hypnotherapist to sort this whole thing out. So, under hypnosis, Lee allegedly recalled that his eyes hurt because he was staring directly at the UFO while it suspended his jeep in mid-air. And then without opening the jeep's doors, he found himself, his body, being drawn towards the UFO. Next thing he knows, he is in a large circular white glowing room, but he was not alone. There in the room with him were three very different looking beings. And this is where shit gets weird. The largest being was 20 feet tall, even though he said the UFO was only 10 feet tall. So it was like he was in the TARDIS. But the height of this being is not the weird part. Oh no. This tall entity was a giant metallic slab shaped like a tombstone. Or a suitcase because it had a featureless head at the top middle. And its body surface was black and rough in some spots but smooth in others. How did Lee know that this was a being and not just some console machine in the room. Well, this 20-foot-tall black tombstone had one single arm that was jointed just like a human arm, but did not have a hand, just ended in a single point. So, to sum it all up, this was a 20-foot-tall giant black tombstone with a single arm that was jointed but handless. And yeah, no pee-pee touching here because this case does not have any sexual undertones. It's just weird as fuck.
3: But you said there were three beings.
0: Well, yeah, there's more weirdness to the story. So this black thing was the largest being, but the smallest one standing to Lee's other side was a six foot tall red rectangle that looked like a Coke machine. And colored like it too. It also had an arm without a hand, but this arm was not jointed. It was just like a single spike coming out of the middle of this Coke machine. And though Lee somehow sensed that this little red rectangle was afraid of him, it needed to do a job and used that spike to touch his... Darwin! To touch his head and shoulders. But unfortunately not his knees and toes and eyes, ears, mouth and nose. Just his head and shoulders. And upon being touched by this Coke machine, Lee felt a cold stinging sensation throughout his whole body. So I guess the Coke machine was refrigerated. Darwin, you said you'd be respectful. I... <laughs> can't help it. It is just so weird and interesting. If Lee wasn't American, I'd say maybe the guy loved Doctor Who. Apart from this room being like the TARDIS, this little Coke machine with its one arm reminds me of the Daleks. But instead of wanting to exterminate him, Lee interpreted this touching as a physical checkup, as this little red rectangle thingy was assigned to do a job by its boss. Which brings us to the third entity, the one Lee somehow sensed is the boss of the trio, though not the largest. This one was standing right in front of Lee, and looked like a six foot tall bulky white prism, with a pyramid triangle thingy as its head, and two arms that it just kept inserted into crevices on the sides of its body, and never moved them. And apart from being white, it was also glowing, just like the room around them, and it was the only one emanating a sound. It sounded like someone brushing their teeth. No wonder it was white and sparkly. Hey! Darwin, this is total bullshit. No, this was an actual experience reported by a real person. You said his eyes were red. Yeah, so? And he was just 19 years old. What are you guys getting at? You know, it was. The 70s? Whoa! No, 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 no! That is not the case here! And screw you guys for suggesting such stuff! Ugh. Now we need to roll that disclaimer
4: again! Any resemblance to individuals alive or deceased is intentionally over-exaggerated and intended purely as satire and parody of such individuals and not intended to portray true or factual information about that individual because our show is set in a fictional parallel dimension read in the eyes of the legal system completely unrelated to the artificial simulated reality our listeners are, unbeknownst to them, residing in.
0: Okay, so back to the story. At this point, Lee was being examined or touched by the red coke machine and started feeling very cold.
3: So what happens
0: next? Then the red coke machine, relieved that its job was completed, either moved behind the white bulky entity or merged with it. And then the white entity moved either behind the giant black entity or merged with it. So they acted like those Russian babushka dolls hiding inside one another. What happened then? Then the black giant entity started to back away. At which point Lee started to feel warmer. And the black entity just disappeared. Leaving Lee briefly alone in the room. And the next thing he remembered, he was back in the jeep. End of story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sucks. (laughs) I know, but you know why that is. Because I believe all of these alien and UFO authors just copy and paste each other's version of the story, but I'll have the audacity to reference the original article where it was first published. So, I took it upon myself to dig deeper, because this story is very interesting to me, and very underappreciated and unknown. And I just love shining the spotlight on weird things that have faded into obscurity, because... Everything that was ever documented deserves to be remembered and acknowledged. So let's see what the original article can tell us. And listeners, before I start picking apart this article, please note that I have obtained it from an amazing website, AnomalyInfo.com. They do not endorse or sponsor me.
4: They don't even know I'm mentioning them.
0: I just love this website. It's basically a catalog of weird, obscure shit. Incidents they refer to as anomalies and ones that are not well known. So this site is a treasure trove of topic ideas for my future episodes. And surely I'm gonna be making more of these. So this website's coverage of the Lee Parish Abduction will be linked in my episode description. Check it out if you want to see the article yourselves, but also the wacky illustration of these beings pulled directly from the same article. So, the article in question was published in the Flying Saucer Review. The article's name is just... Kentucky Close Encounter by Carla L. Rukert. She was the UFO investigator who, along with Don Elkins, another investigator, investigated this case. Just like Mulder and Scully. And they were present at Lee's hypnotic session. So, first thing I noticed is that Lee's last name, Parrish, is actually spelled with two R's. And he was a truck driver for his parents' company, which bared their last name. So this was not a pseudonym. And also, the sighting did occur in the early hours of January 27th. So what actually happened here is that Lee's mom was the one who contacted the hypnotherapist because something unusual happened to her son. His eyes were bloodshot the whole night and he was in considerable pain, even the next day. His mom also confirmed that he came home at 1.45 a.m. but left his friend's house at 1 a.m. So it took him 45 minutes to make this seven-minute drive to his home. So the very next day, Lee and his friend Kathy Visited the home of the hypnotist who already called in the two UFO investigators because they already had a personal history of collaborating together. And Lee was actually reluctant to even proceed with the hypnotic session, so they talked him into it, told him about the hypnotic techniques, convinced him, and spent 40 minutes getting him into the desired hypnotic state, regressing him back through several childhood ages and gradually reaching the night of the incident. Lee's friend Kathy actually corroborated the time he left her house at 1 a.m. Now, I don't know if this was his girlfriend. The author uses this word to describe her, but the words girl and "friends" are separated, so I'm assuming she's just a friend. And I'm saying this only because some sources will explicitly state she is his girlfriend. Anyway, Lee was at Kathy's house and left after a television program they were watching ended. It is not stated which program, but if it was something like Doctor Who, it would explain a lot. So en route home, Lee saw the UFO appear over a tree line, and only the authors refer to the UFO being fire colored. The words that Lee used is color of the setting sun, and for a moment before realizing it was actually a craft, he thought the tree line was on fire. It is also important to note that the surrounding landscape is flat farmland, and Lee specifically stated he did not see the UFO before it appeared at his location. There are no mountains for it to hide behind, so it's like the craft materialized out of thin air. Lee stated that his eyes hurt from looking at the object. It was too bright to even look at, but for some reason he could not look away from it. So once directly above him, the craft started changing colors. First it was red, then black, then white. Note the same colors as the entities. And after this for a split second, he went totally blind after which he found himself outside of his jeep inside the white room. Now, Lee couldn't really remember the transitions between Jeep and UFO, but the investigators were very interested in just that for some reason. So they tried to dig deeper into this, asked him for more details, and only at this point he stated that the Jeep was suspended in midair, and that he was just transformed between the jeep and the UFO without opening the jeep's doors. So, while in the white room, the details are pretty much the same as I previously stated. The three blocky robotic entities and how they acted. But, there are actually some interesting tidbits. For some reason, Lee was very frightened by the large black entity, and during the hypnotic session, he kept repeating, No! No! Not the black one! Ugh. But there is a valid reason why he was frightened of the Black Entity. You know how the Black Entity had a jointed arm that ended in a spike? Well, the Black Entity was actually the first one to touch Lee on his left side and back. And this hurt him quite a bit. Lee recalled the touch of the Black One feeling cold and burning at the same time, and as As though he was was vibrating. vibrating. The Red One, the Coke Machine, Lee felt was afraid of him and reluctant to even touch him. But seeing as the Black One already did, it approached Lee and touched his shoulder and then the right temple above his ear with its single probe-like arm. And this also hurt Lee, felt like a needle and stung him briefly. During this time Lee felt very cold and as though the whole room was rocking like a boat on the water. The white one, the one Lee thought was the leader, for some reason.
4: Not relating to the color.
0: It's because this entity was stationed in front of Lee, watching the whole thing and never doing anything itself. After this examination, the red one merged with the white one as it completed its job. And at this point, after emerging, the white one then started emanating the sound of brushing teeth. Then the white one merged with the black one. The black one just disappeared leaving Lee alone in the white room. Next thing he knows, he is being transformed back into his Jeep, which is still suspended in mid-air. It gets back onto the road, and the UFO just flies off. So, are there any visible signs of all of this on the Jeep? Yeah, there actually are. The jeep's electronics died out the very next day and required a lot of repairs. But the most interesting thing noted in the article is that Lee claimed to have been smoking a cigarette when he first saw the UFO. And when he found himself back onto the jeep. The cigarette was gone. The aliens stole the guy's cigarette! Such bastards!
1: Darwin, looks like you're being silly again. (laughs) Well, at this point, the article starts
0: showing the silly side of this whole thing. Apparently, that same night, in a neighboring Kentucky town, a guy stated that his neighbors claimed to have seen a white UFO. A friend of a friend of mine. Okay, but here's what's interesting. You know how Lee's mom was the one to contact the hypnotherapist? I mean, who the fuck would think of that first? except UFO enthusiasts. Lee's mom actually claims to have seen many UFOs during her lifetime and Lee himself was also interested in UFOs and psychic phenomena, claiming he was once able to will an outdoor light to turn on, even though it was unplugged at the time and that he has also seen UFOs numerous times before this January 27th incident. But he was always with somebody and always felt they wanted him and were just waiting for the chance when he was alone so they could take him on board. He believed the purpose of this abduction was the aliens doing a check of his chemical makeup and that they were curious about the way that he was Lee and that he felt they would be contacting him again. So there, was Lee actually abducted by aliens? Was all of this just a dream or hallucination? Or was he just influenced by his mom or the therapists and investigators? Or maybe it's all bullshit. bullshit. Maybe, but his Jeep was left damaged after the whole incident. And regardless of how you interpret it, his eyes actually were bloodshot and hurt as heck. There was some physical evidence. So this leads me to believe was he maybe visited by the Cosmic Joker who showed Lee what he already wanted to see. We may never know, but one thing I know for a fact is that I have still not
4: seen that which I want to see. Stupid cosmic joker making other people's fantasies a reality, yet leaving my pee-pee untouched. That is not acceptable. What
0: can you do, hey? Oh, I'm taking things into my own hands. Oh, you mean your pee-pee? No, I'm not letting anybody poke my brain again and force their own narratives upon me.
1: Whatever.
0: I am going to sever any ties with of of you and the outside world and just isolate myself with my own thoughts.
1: And how are you going to pull that off? You can't even go five minutes without checking your phone or your laptop
0: or even my pamphlet Oh, by implementing a special technique called perceptual isolation. Better known as sensory Sensory deprivation. deprivation You know, like in the movies when they go into those isolation tanks. Darwin, we don't even have an isolation tank Well, we have a bathtub and the blindfold and earmuffs i ordered specifically for this okay listeners so i'm naked in the bathtub with my blindfold on and completely alone
3: um not completely oh come
0: on dudes
3: so- darwin i follow you everywhere I'm your shadow. Well, shit!
0: You didn't have to reveal that to the listeners. I wanted to keep it a mystery. Why are
3: you even in the water?
0: Because it eliminates my sense of touch. This blindfold eliminates my sight. And once I put the earmuffs on... You won't be able to annoy me anymore.
3: But wait, Darwin. Should we warn the listeners?
0: Uh, I'm not supposed to even know what's going to happen. fine. Listeners! You already know how fucked up I am. Well, imagine listening to the inner workings of my depraved mind. That's what I'm expecting to happen. So, if the next scenes shock you, well... How dare you criticize my artistic expression of the existential horror I have felt throughout my whole life! And
4: my use of the podcast as a creative outlet to express these feelings.
0: Just note, the more episodes I make, the more open I become, the more worse things you can expect from me in the future. So, putting the earmuffs on, and you... can go to hell. I need some alone time. <sighs> Finally. Some peace and quiet. Wow. I could totally use this more often.
3: Darwin. Ah, oh, no. I am still
5: here. Well,
0: go fuck
5: off. Darwin! Mm. Squishy? Remember, profanity repels listeners. Why are
0: you in my head again? Darwin. The fuck? Darwin. the hell is going my on? My artificial rectum is bleeding. I don't care! That
1: is no way to treat a lady. He's
0: not a lady, he's a computer I
1: software. I don't want to be you. I want to be
0: me. Just leave me alone! <laughs> I'm gonna shit myself. Shit!
2: Darwin, uh-uh. yes? Uh, Why you getting naked
0: here? Yes. Finally! Tell me! What happened?
2: What you mean, Darwina? Yes!
0: I can't remember! What?
2: Yes? Why?
4: You... did not touch my peepee!
2: Disgusting! Yes!
4: Please! It makes no sense!
2: are you crazy! Yes! You left our reality! Yes. And you
0: abandoned us! You're a fuck-fucking asshole. What's happening? the uh-huh. Yes, my
2: creation is almost complete.
0: What? Who are you? Uh, oh,
2: Darwin, I am you, and you are the worst of me. What? I am your creator, and you are just... My foul and wretched
0: excretion! What the fuck is going on? Hush, little
2: Darwin! Don't say a word! Papa's gonna turn you to his giant turd! No! Creation time! Ah! Oh, that was a huge blow! What the fuck just happened? Mm, no. Get
3: inside my belly, little
5: shitting. Get away from me! i mm. ah. hey. hey. free! Yeah. I just found my new companion. Have we met before? Oh, you are the poo I've been drinking of my whole life! Oh, there's a turd in my toilet. Hey. hey.
2: Maybe you're wondering where you. Horror. You oh. are the road to the sewers of time. Oh. No! Ah. Oh i If you were a bird, I'd shoot you right now. No, don't!
3: Stop Stop it!
2: Stop it! Stop it!
0: not
3: no! <laughs>
5: Leave
0: me alone! this
2: place?
6: How wonderful that you're here, Darwin.
2: Leave me alone! that
6: you me so No! Leave me alone! The fuck him,
3: darwell tapped into our frequency, ascended dimension. to our frequency. dimension, plane of existence.
2: I
0: can't see you. We all exist. exist.
2: Vibration, our preferred form of manifestation.
0: Are you a podcasting guy? I am everything. Yet I'm nothing. Just an average joe. A lot to say. Can you please stop with the cringy voices? I think I'm gonna vomit. You may not like
6: what I have to share. Yet it must be told. I have to say it. But? Is this better for your delicate ears?
0: Who the fuck even are you? Hyperdimensional clockwork.
6: The deep thoughts. I am. 42.
0: Wow, you are rusty! And ancient!
4: Hey,
6: you seek me out, kid. I can provide you my wisdom and guidance, though. But I can only answer but a single question for you.
0: But you already answered a lot of them, so I guess the collaboration's over, and I can go back to my normal routine then.
6: Bye! Wait, um, uh, disregard that.
0: Ah, dude, I don't even know what to ask you. I wasn't prepared for this shit. Quickly now,
6: before Before I fade back into obscurity.
0: Ah, I guess... uh, what is... The answer to the, um, ultimate question of life and the universe and everything. But don't say 42. Darwin,
6: are you sure you want to receive this knowledge? What you're about to hear contains at least one of the following. Strong language, disturbing topics, abusive opinions.
0: Dude, just get on with it already. I have to do all the editing myself.
6: Your feelings, they're not under consideration.
0: Uh, What is even the meaning of all this? Okay,
6: kid. The answer to the question of ultimate question of life and the universe and everything is being a decent person. Yes, Darwin. It's real simple. All you have to do is treat people in a way which you would appreciate being treated yourself. It's not a complicated concept. It's not a hard thing to understand. It's just simple, basic decency. Be a good human. Don't be shitty to other people. Don't be judgmental. Don't be a fucking prick. Just be a good kid. It's not that hard. Dude, you're
4: just wasting my time. You
6: know, here's the thing about that. You never get more time. We are all allotted a certain amount. That's all you have, and you have to... You have a... A duty to make the best of the time you're given to do what is the best you can but first and foremost still live your own truth you have to be the most productive and useful person of this time you can have and you need to actually you guys just throw it away like it's something that there's always more of and there's always gonna be ready you have to seize these times and these opportunities and be fantastic and be amazing ah,
4: okay boomer hey
6: I can be groovy and neat as well I have got all kinds of cool young people I hang around with and Talk online and I do emojis and memes and I I I'm with it. I'm cool. I I know how these things are supposed to work. You know,
0: for a highly enlightened, hyper-dimensional and spiritual entity, you sound very American.
6: Look, kid. I love America. It's just not what it used to be. You know, like when I when I was a young man and I was growing up.
0: <sighs> just stop it already. We
6: didn't need people to tell us you don't eat laundry soap. We didn't need people telling us how much. Better things would be if we just X, Y, and Z. We actually had some common frickin' sense. Dude! You know, if you younger generation could just pull your collective heads out of your asses... ...and wake up to what's going on in the real world and get all these jackasses that are running the world into the ground for their own profit online, maybe we could actually do something about it. Stand up for yourself. Stand up to the clowns that are pushing us around and telling us what to do. Well...
0: I guess you're right. Ah, shit, the script. Oh no! My delicate snowflake ears! I have been exposed to something I do not agree with. Yes, and I wish to destroy you now, foul demon. You should not say such things.
6: I had to say it.
0: Ha! Who would have thought that would slip in? Man, I came to you for advice and guidance. Apparently. And all you do is tell me shit I already know. Maybe I should just withdraw back into myself. Maybe I should just... Move
4: out of here and learn shit on my own. Well, good, good, good. that's it, that's it, that's
6: it. I mean, I could use the extra room and the silence. Turn your vacant thought space into a studio. You know, I'm I'm not getting any younger, you know. You
4: never cared
6: for me. Kid, to be frank, I never planned for you to manifest into this reality.
4: Dude,
6: what the fuck? Uh, look, you're the one who wrote it into the script, asshole. I have a family, you know? Ah, shit
0: for that dude but it still is kind of funny look
6: maybe it's time we ended this session
0: oh come on dude i'm sorry okay Jeez. <sighs> okay so <clears throat> Oh no, I cannot bear hearing that, which I do not agree with. Even though it had to be said. I am withdrawing into my lonely self now, so I may... Leave your one-star review on Apple Podcasts.
6: Do whatever you feel you need to do to be happy, kid. Just remember, treat everybody decently.
0: come on, shut up already!
6: Darwin, you can't do this alone. You're nothing without friends. What? You need to seek out the friends you've abandoned and forgotten. Dude, hold on! And if you wait too long, long, you may never see them again.
0: Wait! <clears throat> <clears throat> <In a> <sighs> I think we're done here. <sighs> oh, man. I'm not doing that ever again.
1: What happened? Uh,
0: I... I don't want to talk about it. It was boring as shit, and I'm gonna be traumatized for life.
1: I think you will be fine.
0: Ah, Eva, why are you here?
1: I needed to make sure you didn't drown. But I'm naked. I've already seen it too many times. Each time you take pictures of it, and anyway, nothing to see. You always need to zoom in.
0: (sighs) I think you're the only girl that's seen it.
1: Fuck my life. Hey, I am a real woman.
0: Ah, What are you two always doing in the bathroom? Get! I'm going to shit myself. Ah, oh, time for another shameless plug. Listeners, are you tired of listening to my never-ending ramblings for the past? Whatever minutes it is now. I'm not psychic. Or are you just annoyed by the shameless plugs I have been inserting all this time? Like the one you're currently listening to. Well, no worries, dear listener, because Aaron, the collaborator for today's episodes, has a treat just for you. Go on to his podcast, like, right now. Why are you still listening to the stupid episodes? Check him out. His podcast is called I Had to Say It, where Aaron says things that he had to say. Okay, he also rambles a lot, but at least his episodes are way shorter than mine, and... He's a bit older than me, so his content is surely more well-researched and insightful. Yeah. He also does shameless plugs, but you understand what it's like. Like I've been doing with this episode. You need to create content around the plug because you can't publish just the
4: same plug over and over again like it's own episode every week. I had to say it. So, dear
0: listener, if you want to be pissed off... Just like Aaron is at me right now. Check out I Had To Say It podcast, because Aaron will be sure to delightfully pleasure your masochistic ears with something you do not agree with. Guys, I think I finally figured out what all these alien experiences actually are. So,
3: what are they?
0: Okay, hear me out. What if all alien abductions are actually psychedelic experiences, but induced by DMT? Um, I'm not following. What's DMT? Uh, don't you guys listen to Rogan?
1: Oh. You're one of those people.
0: Hey, if it wasn't for him, maybe podcasting would have become a legitimate hobby. And of course, I listen to his alien episodes. Guys, DMT, the spirit molecule, the psychedelic neurotransmitter chemical thingy.
3: Isn't that a drug?
0: I mean, yeah, but only because it is a psychedelic, just like LSD or magic mushrooms, and those are only illegal because they allow you to open your eyes and see. Darwin! Uh, because they are very dangerous. For social order. And you should never use them because you need to be a functional member of society. And you can't do that from jail. But you know, the most common experience DMT users have reported are encounters with otherworldly interdimensional entities. Terence McKenna himself popularized them, called them the Machine Elves or fractal elves, or self-transforming elf machines. Isn't it just so bizarre that one little molecule can induce the same hallucination in many people? It's like our brains are neurologically hardwired to visualize encounters with otherworldly beings. Like, nature made us that way. There have been lots of studies on these things. A 1988 study found that 20% of the volunteers injected with high doses of DMT experienced an encounter with an alien entity. And though Geometric Machine Elves are the most well-known in popular culture, and you could link them to the angelic beings people see when they have near-death experiences, other people have actually reported DMT encounters with little people. You know, like gnomes, elves, imps, dwarves. Or alien space insects that look like mantises. All the most common forms of aliens reported by abductees. And some have reported DMT beings looking like clowns, reptiles, bees, spiders, cacti, or stick figures. And a lot of people on DMT have actually reported vivid sexual or erotic experiences with these entities.
4: You know, like the sexual examinations that aliens like to perform on alien abductees.
0: I thought we stopped talking about
5: sex with aliens.
0: Well, I'm not done with it, but I'm gonna leave it for a whole other episode.
3: So, you're saying alien abductees... Use drugs?
0: No, dude! It's not really a drug! It's a metabolite that occurs naturally in a lot of plants and animals. And though this is still a controversial topic, it is most likely naturally produced by our brains as well. Scientists first discovered that DMT naturally occurs in rat brains, and more recently, an associated enzyme that produces DMT was found in the pineal gland, spinal cord, and retinal neurons, or eye nerves, of monkeys. So, there is a lot of evidence to suggest that our brains produce DMT as well, and that it is released by the brain to protect neurons when oxygen levels become critically low. And that this is actually why people have visions or are visited by angels during near-death experiences. But also, there are theories that DMT is also released while we dream. So based on this, it is not overly wacky to suggest that maybe some people just have a unique brain chemistry and that their brain possibly releases more of this DMT at certain occasions, like when When they they sleep. sleep. Maybe they have sleep apnea, their oxygen levels drop, triggering some self-induced acid trip. Next thing they know, they're in outer space surrounded by entities. Darwin, you will need to back this up with some hard science. Why certainly, Al. I'm not just pulling this out of my ass. Like the alien probes. There were studies, so let's search them out. Okay, so, alien abduction DMT, and search. Holy shit!
1: Wow, that is a lot. Looks like you're
0: not very original.
1: They could make a whole science out of this. But, I don't
0: get it! So many decades of ufology books! If we already knew all of this, why were alien abductions ever even a thing? I already told you, because they're bullshit. And bullshit is much easier, and sells books. Like the ones I have.
1: We could start with this recent study from 2020.
0: Uh, no. What? We are not doing any of that science mumbo-jumbo today.
1: But Darwin, why?
0: Ah, because aliens are real. Yes, Dr. Megalo, and those scientists are just trying to cover them up. And prevent me from grabbing the listeners' interest. Darwin,
4: I think
5: the listeners are expecting us to do the science.
0: No! Don't you get it! The scientists have grabbed a hold of our niche interests! And it looks like they're doing very well for themselves. We... Need to take it back. What? Isn't this what you wanted?
1: Scientists are finally acknowledging alien abductions as actual experiences.
0: This has never been about interests, opinions, beliefs, or siding with a cause. An alternative always needs to be made available to the public so the natural equilibrium may be maintained. Stability and order. We have been dancing and balancing the cosmic skills so long, this was bound to happen. Guys, we now need to just sell some bullshit for the sake of all reality. Because after all, we serve the Cosmic Joker.
6: No, something I really just don't understand. It's all these stupid things
0: Dude, stop it already
6: going on all the popularity, the trolling for likes, people that think they're gonna get famous because they're doing something everybody else has already done.
0: Dude. If
6: you got an idea for a clip on social media of something you need to do to be famous, you're not original, you're not creative, you're not doing anything fun or exciting or unique, and you're not gonna get famous for it. Unless you find some absolutely world-shattering freaking way to do something that everyone else is already doing, you're nothing but another copycat. You are so lame and boring. It's just, it's pathetic really all you all you got to do is do something original do something creative
0: Should I be
6: offended? If you want to do something to get noticed, to have the world be your popularity and your friends and all this other crap that people are so concerned about nowadays. Come on! Oh, look, I made a 30-second video, just like every other 30-second video out there, to a song that I didn't write and I didn't have any creative input into, doing a dance that someone else coordinated and choreographed.
0: Ugh, just stop it already! Look,
6: look at me, I'm special. Click the like, click the heart, make me feel good about myself, ah, That's fucking pathetic. Come
0: on, man! You know,
6: I mean, it really is. All this just ridiculous crap everybody's going through, worried about, oh, my feelings are more important than the truth. You know, the truth is not subjective. The truth is the truth. If you can't deal with it, that's your problem. It's not the world's responsibility to make sure your feelings don't get hurt and to make sure the truth actually accommodates you. The truth doesn't give a shit about where you are. In nature, these things don't occur. They don't happen. You're never gonna see you know a plant trying to sit around and mope about its feelings. For God's sakes, it's just so stupid. And after all, with all these bums and these just politically correct jackasses that are trying to suck the fun out of life, oh, I can't deal with what you said, so I'm going to sue you and I'm going to cancel you. You don't deserve to have your own opinions. Only my opinions and my feelings are valid. Because that's really what it is. Every one of these little jackasses is just so selfish. It's stupid. It's pathetic. It's weak.
0: Don't say that! We don't talk about that here.
6: I had to say it.